Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome back to another episode of Crushing Cashflow. I'm your host, Andrew Shutsky, and with me today, I've got a duo actually today. I've got Melissa Hayworth and JD Monroe. They're both real estate investors, uh, real estate agents, exactly, exactly in, the, in the Florida area. They're dabble in the short-term, long-term rental space. And Melissa, what I find interesting about her, she's got a JD in law. So I'll let those guys add a little bit more color to their background, but I think that's a good way to kick off. So Melissa, why don't you go first? Um, thank you for having us. Um, sure. We are the dynamic duo, Batman and Robin, for <laughs> sure. I'm not sure which one is which, um, but... Uh, I do have a JD. I um, did personal injury pretty much for a long, long time. And um, while I was dabbling in real estate. And then after I met JD and Annabelle, uh, we kind of transitioned over to full-time. JD, JD will talk about him, but uh, we transitioned over to full-time investing. Um, but that's kind of it. We're in, we're in the panhandle of Florida. Um, we do uh, short-term rentals, long-term rentals, wholesaling, um, buy and hold fix and flip. Um, Jack of all trades. Yes. We do a little of everything. We, we like to be diversified for sure. And I got to know before you even move on to JD too, did you get burned out of the law thing for a while or just no. what, what caused the switch? No, not really. Um, I just felt like I wasn't the whole financial freedom part of it. You know, I would always be working and um, I like the idea of getting being able to cash flow on rentals and property short-term rentals where, you know, when JD and I weren't at the office, we were still making money. And so that's kind of where we wanted to be. Can um, relate to that. Yeah. Perfect. JD, how about yourself? Tell us a couple of snippets. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I started investing back in uh, 2014 with, uh, I, I used a house hacking um, uh, concept with my VA loan. Um use some some of my own money to fix a house up learned how to do everything did everything myself um and kind of went that that hard knocks way about it and uh got a couple of other uh rental properties doing it the same way uh melissa and i met and my wife uh, annabelle met at a mastermind in arizona uh, a few years into that and uh, decided that we got along well enough that we wanted to work on something together. Uh, the first project that, and Melissa has her own, had her own rental properties and stuff that she was dealing with. I had my own rental properties and stuff, but the first thing we worked on together was a, a 10 unit multifamily um, apartment complex, I guess really was two fourplexes and a duplex uh, that um, was not as successful as we had hoped it would be. And we learned a lot of lessons. Uh, we, we paid for a college education in real estate investing with, with that uh, 10 unit. And, but what we, what we learned was that, that we get along pretty well. Uh, we're able to be honest and open with each other and communicate effectively 99% of the time. Uh, and so we decided to, to go into business together um, with our wholesale fix and flip. Uh, and really we have rentals together now too. Um, 
and that's when we when we started into the the panhandle market and uh we've been doing it together ever since and very that, cool let me just clarify that 99 percent, that one percent because i'm very up front and when jd's not verbalizing what he's thinking so that's that one percent yeah, that's right i think that's, that's most right. dudes in general so yeah, nothing yeah. Unique no. melissa's but very he, good at coaxing the truth out of me <laughs> but he's that's, good at communicating and i think that's huge in, in any kind of partnership if absolutely you want to be successful oh completely agree so i'm curious too i mean what if you had to share something your biggest takeaway or lesson learned one or two things from that 10 unit that you said hey it didn't go perfectly what would you what would you share with everyone Property management, 100%. If you need to, I think releasing the reins too too early uh, on on your property manager is a bad decision and letting them, you know, listening to them telling you, hey, we're going to get this done. We're going to get this done. And then you go back a week later and it hasn't been done. That's a problem. That should be yeah. immediate red flag. And and as a matter of fact, with our, our uh, short-term rentals, uh, we started to notice some of the same trends that we had learned from our 10 unit and we put into effect immediately uh, changing that. I, I was being a little bit too passive as far as what the, with the property manager. And don't get me wrong, our, our 10 unit was in a I, you can't even get an F-class neighborhood, but there was a gangland execution style murder the day after Oh my God! we bought it in the house right next door to where this 10 unit was. So it's a bad war zone, as big a war zone as, as I'm comfortable. I am, well, I'm not comfortable investing there anymore, but um, our property management company was in a hard position uh, because of that. But we also allowed them too much, too much leeway. Uh, in in um, what they were doing, and we didn't correct it soon enough. And we've learned that that's a mistake. And if they're not communicating with you, and they're not taking immediate action when there's a problem, it doesn't matter, you know, how good they say they are, how good they talk on the phone, uh, you know, but it, it, you got to look at their actions and then correct those problems immediately. Nobody's going to fix it for you. Yeah. Melissa, do you think that, I mean? Yeah, no, that's really good. That that would definitely be mine as well. That's huge. And I'm curious because one of the things I want to talk about today, short-term rentals, something I have experience in, something I still enjoy doing, and I probably will for some time. Um, are you guys self-managing on the self-rental side or are you uh, contracting that as well? We are now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we, we are now because we learned our lesson with that 10 unit. We didn't have time yeah. um, to, to waste and Really, when we say self, when I, when I say self managing, what I mean is every once in a while I have to take the trash cans down. But what I really mean is Melissa is is awesome at managing and coordinating and doing that kind of stuff uh, with the systems that we have in place. That's great. I mean, I, I'm, your portfolio, I'm sure, is much broader than mine. But you know, looking in the Jersey area, you know, I, I originally looked at, hey, I got a day job. I don't need to do all the ins and outs of the bookings and taking the deposits and all that stuff and giving people access to properties. And uh, then I realized that in our area, they charge a pretty high percentage. And I'm like, well, any, any margin or cash flow I'd have just goes out the door. Yeah. So it doesn't even allow for repairs. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't really have a choice. And to be honest, it's been, since we have a small portfolio, it's been manageable. So what, what's been your experience? I mean, how many units do you guys have in the short-term rental business side? Right now we have two. Okay. Um, we are actively trying to get more for sure. Uh, cause we now have the system down pat pretty much. Um, and so we're very comfortable with taking on, on more. And it's really about building the systems because it's definitely something yeah. that you can self-manage. Uh, if you're, if, if your short terms are local to, to where you're at for sure. 
um, uh, and you know, having the cameras up, there's just certain things that are imperative to being successful in that, especially in a tourist town. And that's the camera part of it. Um, the ability to give access from a distance, you know, um, those kind of things, right, JD? Anything I'm missing on that? Yeah, I think um, automating as much as possible with the yeah. whatever website you're using or online version, whether it's Airbnb, VRBO, or we use our own website also, which is uh, ran through the Logify platform. Uh, it allows for a lot of um, the welcome emails. I think they just started doing the welcome emails and all that kind of stuff. Um, automated. Um, and uh, I think maybe the number one thing that, that is helpful is having a reliable cleaning crew, not just a single person, but the crew oh, yeah. and uh, Trudy, our, our, our cleaner or the leader of the cleaning crew uh, is amazing. And, and Melissa and her have worked out a really good way to, to manage which units get cleaned and, and how that process goes. And th then also to piggyback on that, so I don't forget, trying to figure out, and this is where we're at now, trying to add streams of income off your short-term rentals. So that's where we have just started um, building on. And by that, I mean offering, offering packages. So we offer three packages. We offer a romance package, we offer a birthday package, and we offer a family package. Um, and then we also offer a check-in early package where one is a check-in two hours early and one's a check-in three hours early just so that you can capitalize on getting in as much revenue from that those short That's really great idea I, I haven't implemented that in ours um, I'm curious is that something that your cleaning crew can help with like they set up you know the roses on the pillow on the pillowcases and stuff like that or do you do it yourselves or is, do they offer that and you just kind of mark it up uh, well what we did was uh, we bought it bought in bulk what we were going to use as our in our packages um and then jd and i are the backup but the I, idea is and we just our our admin assistant's been out with covid but it was going to be her, her it's her job and she's been doing it um except for this past two weeks but uh ultimately that's also something that we're scaling yeah. putting out to somebody else to do yeah, I, I, I just want to manage it because I want to make until I feel really comfortable with a person, I need to make sure that it's being done. Oh, I can relate. I can yeah. relate. So I'm curious, where have you had the I'll share some of my my tips as well. Where have you had the biggest challenges? Has it been repairs or have your tenants been fairly friendly and things like that? Or where have you had the challenges? Oh, the TV. TV is <laughs> the number one biggest threat to our sanity. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Why? Because, well, go ahead. <laughs> so you no. deal with it way more than I do. I, I, I can deal with it in person. Melissa has to field all the phone calls. Melissa's the one who is manually walking somebody through over the phone, check to make sure the TV's plugged in, check mm -hmm. to make sure that the, the batteries are put in the right way, check to, to make sure all of these things going through this step-by-step -step thing. And nine times out of 10, they're either using the wrong remote, which are labeled, or the TV has been unplugged somehow. And, and we spend so much time making sure uh, that that those things are done. Or, and I say we again, because I talk about us as if we're one person. Melissa spends a ton of time 
fielding all of these phone calls and dealing with it. And then once it gets to the point where she's not able to, to fix it, then she'll just call me and I'll go over there and have to uh, find a remote. I had to dig through somebody's dirty clothes hamper to find a remote one time and then, uh, uh, you know, set the TV back up. And, and really it's, I don't know. Why is it like that, Melissa? I don't know, but um, you know, we do a lot of meetups in our communities. And so, uh, one of our other friends who's also heavily into short-term rentals, they have like 60, mm. they have an inspector and that was such a great idea. And so she goes in between the checkouts, make sure everything's right. And then make sure there's no leaks. And then she also sets the TV. So she knows when it's turned over, that TV <clears throat> is working. Um, and so uh, we probably need to implement that. And that's what I was thinking this past week with our cleaning crew. Right. Well, I was going to say, that's exactly what we do. We have two things. We have a binder, a check-in that has, mm -hmm. and I know I'm a tech guy, so I've got sound bars in there and things like that. Right. They're all smart TVs. And, and so I have a binder with a guide and it has kind of, here's A to B, what to do. And yeah, it took some time to put together, but I also have my cleaning crew. I have a checklist for them, like the common things that are like missing or broken. or um, So I have check for all remotes and I have like a $50 fee. So everybody's always scared. They're always lined up square on the, uh, oh, nice. on the nightstand. Everybody gets nervous. Like, Hey, I just checked all the remotes. They'll look at, Hey, one button was a little discolored. Is that cool? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but in, this is smart. Like, this will be our sixth or seventh year. I think sixth year uh, going in. We've never had an issue with remotes, knock on wood. Wow. So, uh, so I don't know if maybe that, that works. And our cleaning crew didn't charge me for that, but they, they charge enough in fees and the initial cleaning and we have a short season. So, yeah, so that's just a couple of tips that I, I found to be helpful. I, I usually get the random calls of like, Hey, I think I see a scratch on the floor under the table. Um, you know, is that okay? I'm like, you know, it's, it's fine, but our tenants been pretty good. So I've been pretty fortunate. With that. Yeah. Yeah. We've been, we've been lucky. We haven't had any super problem. I mean, outside of some noise issues. Um, so we put some sound monitors in there and what's cool is, uh, the sound monitors just did a update and now they can tell how many, um, devices, devices are hooked up to the house so then if you didn't catch them all on the camera maybe you weren't checking the camera that day because you were, were busy um it'll send me an alert that there's way more on there than than say that there was supposed to be four people in there and i see right. that there's 10 um, yeah 10 iphones hooked up to your yeah. wi-fi then you know you know something's up that's pretty smart so how many how many weeks a year do you are you a year round like december to january more or less we're pretty good in that. And so our season really picks up like at the end of February. And so right in there, that first week of March and we go till October cause it's still warm here. And then by then people are coming here for Thanksgiving and Christmas and new year. So it's kind of, it's really an ideal situation for short terms. Yeah. That's a nice, that's a nice season. You get a lot of turnovers and more cleanings, but I found that, you know, up our way, much shorter season in Jersey, it really doesn't get yeah. nice until right about now, May, yeah. October is still nice. So much shorter season, but uh, because of that, it, we can charge a lot more per week. Correct. So yeah. less wear and tear on the house, probably mm -hmm. overall less income than we get down in Florida and the houses are more expensive here, probably on the Jersey side. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe not as much anymore, but it used to be. Um, but yeah, less wear and tear, but like, you know, a prime week for beach block, um, our townhouse in our area will be six to $7,000 a week in the summer. Yeah, that's wow. perfect. So that's you can cover the mortgage generally. Our rule of thumb used to be, you should strive to cover the mortgage in, in eight weeks. 
So and then anything other than that would be like all your utilities, accessories, and you start to yeah. cash flow maybe 10, 11 yeah. weeks. But that was our target when we were acquiring, you know, this is five years ago. It's probably harder to do that now because rentals haven't gone off with house prices have doubled almost in, in, mm-hmm. in uh, Jersey Shore. It's just, it's insane the last five years. Right. Well, we also see that a lot because, you know, uh, I, and you said earlier that we're both agents, but I, I'm not an agent. Melissa is, is an agent. And what we've seen with a lot of the, the people that are coming in uh, to look for short-term rentals, because everyone wants to buy short-term rental that'll pay for itself right on the beach, a condo on the beach that they can rent out for most of the year and come in vacation for two weeks. But Right now, especially right now, the prices are so, I wouldn't say inflated, but they're so high that when you're looking for MLS uh, listed properties and, and buying them, the cash flow um, doesn't, even even for short-term rental on the beach, it's not supporting uh, the mortgage, you know, when you're looking at four or $500,000 for a two bedroom condo on the beach, and then you're expecting that to, to cash flow and make you a hundred grand a year. It, it just, it, it's not, it's not reasonable. Yeah. So I think, and it's probably true in your guys's area that if you can find off market properties that you can put a little sweat equity into uh and then you can either you know goodwill it or or ashley's furniture you know and 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 outfit the house for cheap you're going to be in a better position than trying to buy something at the top of the market uh in a in a you know vacation rental format and expect you know a good return on it yeah for sure this is I all think- really this is all great stuff. I mean, you don't the short-term rental stuff isn't covered as much on a lot of these podcasts. And I think it's great to to give somebody an alternative that maybe doesn't want to jump into apartments or duplexes. And well, another thing I like about the short-term space that isn't well advertised is there's no evictions. Like people pay in advance or there's no no rent payment, right? So right. yeah, it's a lot more turnover and more, you know, keys to get to people or access codes, whatever. But that's a pretty cool perk too, that like you don't have to worry about collections. Yeah. Yeah, it's very so. sweet for sure. Well, cool. I wanted to thank you guys. Again, this isn't a topic that I think is covered enough. It's a, it's a great alternative to the multifamily or even single family long-term rentals. There's lots of benefits. There's lots of drawbacks. Like I said, turnover as well. But you guys shared some really great tips. And I wanted to thank you for that first and foremost. Good. We're happy to help. Yeah, so how, how can um, someone that's interested in your market or renting or buying, whatever it may be, how do they get in contact with you guys? What's the best way? JD. Uh, the best way is going to look us up on, on our social media. We're most active on Facebook. Uh, if you look for uh, Shorefront Investments or uh, our podcast, the Real Estate Jam podcast, uh, which it, we talk mainly about wholesaling, fix and flip and that kind of stuff. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining, guys. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. We awesome. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cashflow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey, and we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.